Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Crook and I'm joined as always by my co-host Oliver Gilmore. Ollie, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Harrison. We're talking about the NBA season predictions. So we're nearly a week into the NBA now. Um, it'll be really cool to predict some awards for the upcoming season, um, have our predictions, talk about the season so far and how terrible your Lakers have been and will continue to be. I do I talk about that off at the top of the show because I think that that's the most poorly constructed roster in the history of basketball. Yeah, what to make of it? What to make of it? Because they've just gotten absolutely no shooters. There's no one who can who can take that shot when they need it. And I mean, I uh, pull back behind the curtain. I'm currently wearing a Lakers 2020 champion shirt because we were doing the NBA show today. I think that's the best this team is going to be for a long time. I think that I don't know that I. Bold prediction. I don't even know if it's bold anymore. I don't think LeBron wins another championship in LA. No way. No way. I just think that you've got to celebrate LeBron's career now. It's funny because you look back at the the trade that was made for Westbrook. They had KCP who could shoot the ball. Kuzma can shoot the ball. Um, Even Montrezl Harrell's good inside the paint. Inside about 10. Um, No... He's he's good close to the basket. And then you yeah. had Lonnie Walker who could shoot. He's gone. Any sort of spacing that they've had on that team, they're like, all right, you're just you're gone and we'll we'll cycle through. But they haven't fixed their issue. Get some shooters and spacing. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit uh bit ridiculous there. Now, um we should probably get the uh the nod to the socials out of the way so let's do that now if you enjoy the podcast make sure you follow us on all the socials we are on facebook instagram and tiktok at road trip sports pod you can follow us on youtube road trip sports podcast is what you need to search and any inquiries you've got if you'd like to get on the podcast if you'd like to share your thoughts about the nba about your trips anything you'd like um make sure you get in touch with us road trip sports podcast at gmail.com yeah, I'll just continue on from what I said, just straight off the bat, that right now we're looking, we're three games into the season for the Lakers. Um, LeBron's obviously averaging 27, 11, and 7, but he's averaging 37 minutes a night. He doesn't need to be playing that long. Um, he needs to be relying on Anthony Davis and, and young guys coming through, but they've got none. Um, because they've tried to build a championship team and then they've obviously lost a few shooters, tried to upgrade with Westbrook, and he can't shoot the ball. Patrick Beverly can't shoot the ball. Anthony Davis, he's like their best shooter. Like, that is just ridiculous. Um, being a big man, they need some spacing. Um, they're desperately, desperately awaiting um, the return of a couple of players, but ultimately it's grim, and yeah, I think that LeBron's last championship has already happened. I don't anticipate that they'll win another one, particularly you, as the West gets stronger. Do you think he goes somewhere else? I think it depends. I think ultimately he'll stay. I think at the moment he's buying his time until his son enters the league. So He doesn't want to get locked down anywhere. And exactly. He's just going to continue to sign yeah. one year. And what better place to do it in the, in the place that you're already living? He's going to live in LA no matter what. I feel like yeah. he's, he's, as we know, doing the Space Jam movie, all that sort of stuff. He'll continue to develop. I tried watching that the other day. Horrible. Oh, it was grim. Horrible. It was grim. I, um, I think they made a lot of poor decisions in that movie, but I don't... There's so many... Oh, it's just cringy. Cringy. I didn't like Don Cheadle's character. I thought he was... Um, just way too over the top acting and I feel like he knew he was just cashing a paycheck um I didn't like LeBron um as the cartoon I know this movie's been out for a while now and um a lot of people have seen it already but yeah yeah well I I think that uh, the ultimate asterisk with LeBron and his career is that I always feel like he's tried to one-up Jordan at everything and he'll do you think he's trying though do you think the media's trying I think a bit of both yeah, because I, I, I feel like it's very media-driven. I think that he wants that legacy, but I don't think that he wants it as much as the media have played it to be. Yeah, well, that comes with the territory. Like, the media will project him in the way that they want to, and they'll always bring the comparisons with Jordan because they did that with Kobe and LeBron um, when they were actually in the league, and they did that with... Kobe and Jordan towards the end of Kobe's career so that'll always happen the media will always project what they want to project but um, ultimately this Lakers team started off 0-3 and I don't think we'll be our Western Conference champions um, yeah, as I a bit of a sneak peek I so. don't think we're going to be talking about them much today 
Um, we do have our season preview, um, and we're going to get straight into that now. First of all, we've got some player awards to discuss, and let's discuss first the most improved. Most improved. We'll start with most improved. We'll save the big, big awards for the end. Who have you got as your most improved? Well, this is a tricky a tricky one. I want to caveat that before we did our predictions before the podcast, we sort of just put our list of names, and we didn't want to have the same answer for everything, so we went alternate. alternate. Um, so... H may have had first pick at MVP, then I've had first pick of Rookie of the Year, so on and so forth, through the entire awards. And we'll try and be clear with that as we've gone along, if our pick was the second pick, and if we do agree with each other, but um, yeah, who was your pick? I'm going to have to go with Anthony Edwards. Um, Yep. You know, he's a prolific scorer. You expect him to get better. Um, as the season goes on, particularly players in their third year. Um, that's what you always use as a reference base. You know, they have a poor uh, first year. They tend to fix their shooting. The second year is really an adjustment. And the third year is when they get the efficiency, they increase their usage, um, and basically fix on the games, uh, fix on their game and their, uh, their weaknesses, I would say. So I've gone with Ant-Man here. Um, I think that he's a good option. He can score the basketball. He plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have got Rudy Gobert. They've got Carl Anthony Towns, and they're going to use those two players as defensive anchors. So you expect guys like Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, um, to sort of score the basketball. Not to say who else will, because there's plenty of players that can contribute in that area. But I just feel like Anthony Edwards could get a big jump here. You know, he's averaged 20 points to start the season in his four games, but shot 50% from the free-throw line. That's not going to happen. So yeah. if he upticks that, he might average 25 points a game, which might put him in the conversation. Who have you got, mate? I've got Tyrese Halliburton. I think that he has been already doing work very well for the Pacers. Um, through three games, he's averaging over 25 points, uh, 3.7 rebounds, and 9.7 assists, shooting 50% from the field and 41% beyond the arc, which... That's almost that's talking all star caliber production. Yeah, he, he's he's honestly the pick of the bunch here. He would have been my first selection, um, but you beat me to it, obviously. Um, I want to I want to vent on Halley first, but yeah, as you mentioned, um, he's a great option. Particularly, he's that number one option on the paces. He offers a good game where he's able to get points, rebounds, assists, and it looks flashy in the stat sheet, and that's kind of what you want. The only question is, do you think the Pacers can get enough wins where they sort of consider him for most improved? Not that it's really the it, big consideration, in but... The East, probably. You, you never know. They're probably one of the worst teams, but it, it depends but whether they're it, tanking, you know? Yeah, and if he's the shining light that's dragged them from being the worst team to maybe the 10th team in the East... Is that enough? Yeah. Well, I, I just think it ultimately depends on whether they tank. But I want to touch on one thing with Halley. Yeah. So he gets drafted the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings is an absolute dumpster fire. So he gets traded to the Pacers yep. for um, Demonis Sabonis, um, among others. However, he's shattered. He wants to be a king. He invests in the organization. He says, look, I'm I'm a young player. I want to be here. I want to be playing for this organization. I've built relationships. And the kings fumble the bag like they do every single time. They're a poorly run organization. Man, they're a forgettable organization. I, I hate, I hate the fact that he got traded to the Pacers. But you know what? Good good luck to the Pacers because they've got a talent now who's 22 years of age, who we mentioned is already putting up those stats that you that you mentioned previously, who we are expecting to take a jump. Like, I know you don't play fantasy NBA, but he went in the first round, which is in the first 10 players. Yeah. Gone. Off, off the board. And this is including the likes of he went before LeBron. Like, to put up... That's how good his numbers actually are. Yeah. So, and I think that'll translate here where we could see him get a most improved player award but the kings they fumble the bag they do what the kings do and i think ultimately they're going to regret it this year so what's our next award our next award is the sixth man award and i'm going to go first of all with christian wood as my pick he's uh he's flashed to start the year tell us about his um start to the year because he's played a couple games unexpectedly 
off the bench um, for Dallas this year. And, I mean, it wasn't expected coming into the year, but he comes from the Rockets. He was always a player that could produce per 36 minutes, but a bit more of an opportunity. He's going to be that number one off option off the bench behind JaVal McGee. It's a bit surprising, but talk through the start of the year that he's had. Well, he's had 55% shooting. He's scored 40 points, sorry, 50 points in 49 minutes. Um, he's He looks to be the great partner that Luka Doncic needs because a lot of those Luka Doncic teams of the past has just been him trying to make things happen. He needs a partner and I think Christian Wood might be it. I also think that he's had no scoring off the bench. Like, it's been, Luca's been on the court, and then who scores the basketball? Exactly. Um, like, obviously, they had Jalen Brunson last year, but they started him, and they paired the two together, which worked. But then, when it comes down to the to the crunch time, when Luca isn't on the floor, um, and Luca can't do it all. So exactly. Christian Wood's going to be a great piece there, and I think they might continue. I, if he Honestly, if he continues on the bench for the entire year, I think that award's his. I just question whether he will. Yeah, that's the only issue. Um, yeah, I could definitely see him coming to the lineup, but if he doesn't, I think that that, that awards his to lose. Yeah, I, I tend to agree just because, as you mentioned, and as I even touched on per 36 monster, so if he plays 36 minutes or 30 off the bench with that high usage, he's going to put up numbers, and ultimately he's going to look flashy with 20 points off the bench or whatever it is, and ultimately that usually gets the job done, yeah, even absolutely. far less than that, so... Absolutely. Who have you got for six men? I've got Jordan Poole. Yeah, um, okay. We saw he was the most improved player candidate last year, but I don't think he'll start behind Clay Thompson, um, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, so they might go small on occasions, but ultimately he'll start um, with the second unit and he'll get the job done. We know he'll score in bunches. Uh, he's a great prospect, and many actually compare him to Steph Curry, which is funnily enough, uh, being obviously on the same team 14 points to start the year he was a bit slow but he had a pretty good game uh, against the Kings where he was offered a bit more minutes and you know put up some good numbers so I think that he'll, he'll ultimately be a really really good candidate for the award and I'm interested to see how it plays out because this award is always open the six man and the most improved they're always open they could be anyone so absolutely absolutely um, well the next award we're going to talk about is the rookie of the year award and Ollie, you're gonna kick us off with your pick. Who have you got? This might sound stupid to the the heavy basketball followers, the ones that are already invested, but it's been four games um, for a lot of teams, and I'm going with the second overall pick or third overall pick rather, Jabari Smith. Um, he plays for the Rockets. Ultimately, he's gonna get a lot of usage being on a tanking team, a team that's looking to build their young guys. But ultimately, he's got a good skill set where he can do a bit of everything. Um, he hasn't shot well to start the season, but that happens with a lot of rookies. Like, you don't see rookies come out and shoot uh, high 40s, even if they are big men, because they just can't score the ball um, with the volume that they get. Obviously, defenses are adjusting for them. Even though they did so in college, they're getting all the best defenders. Yeah. Um, the best defenders in college are all in the NBA. Do you know what I mean? So, he's, he's going to be a great option, I think. 35% shooting at the moment, that goes up. 35% from three, I think that may even reach 40%, but that's not too bad. Um, and I think he'll get more counting stats, but 15 points a game already at the moment, so. Yeah, that's pretty good. And what's the one you stole from me? I did steal Paolo Banchero. I think he's one of the most exciting prospects in a long time. Uh, in his first game, he scored 27 points. He came out and just absolutely uh, showed up against Detroit. He's also the first teenager to score at least 20 points in each of his first three games in NBA history, uh, which is pretty, pretty impressive. And the numbers that he's put up so far or a comparison to Michael Carter-Williams, who absolutely jumped out of the gate in LeBron James. Yeah. So he's he's obviously a good option being up the number one pick. The same sort of stuff that I say um, applies to him as well. Like, he shot 18% from three. We don't consider that that'll continue. His field goal will probably get an uptick. And yeah. he's a fantasy player of mine. I decided to, to uh, bite the bullet and draft him this year. You don't tend to pick rookie players. Yeah. Because as I said, they, they put up bad numbers. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to get this kid because I know he's got talent. I know he's going to have a high usage. And we've already seen it after four games. So Yeah, it's been quite impressive to see. Uh, but we're going to move on now to Defensive Player of the Year. 
And who have you got? Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Giannis. I think ultimately this is one of the, another one of the awards that it sort of needs to play out throughout the year. And there always is a narrative to it. Um, yep. Like Marcus Smart was the narrative last year. And his narrative was that he was on one of the best teams in basketball and was their best defender. Um, and you want to know the funny thing is the amount of times that Rudy Gobert and um, Draymond Green have won, that they always get, you know, discredited for that yeah. because they are the better defenders. Um, Rudy Gobert being the best interior defender, Draymond Green being the best perimeter defender probably in the game. And you could argue that he's pretty good um, inside as well. Giannis has won it before in 2020. I just feel like he's he's a different beast this year. He's trying to find more out of his game, whether that's be the threes. But ultimately, I think when he won that championship, it was all about his defense. Yeah. So I think he's a good option. He puts up counting stats. Like he'll get you um, a steal or two a game and a block or two a game. And sometimes that sort of translates. Yeah. Um, particularly the Bucks have always been a good defensive team. So those numbers there from the team, from the player, he's a big name. There's a little bit of a narrative here. I'm going with that, but this is another open award. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, my pick for Defensive Player of the Year is Bam Adebayo. I think that he's been a fantastic player, and when healthy, he's definitely one of the best defensive players on the court, and I think that's going to be the key for him this season is staying on the court consistently. But if he can do that, he's an all-star caliber player. He was very influential in the Heat's run to the NBA Finals back in 2020, and I think that... Like I said, if he can stay healthy, I think he's a great shout uh, for the award. I think the big thing with uh, I think the big thing with Bam is that he can guard all five positions. So, like you watch games and you see him defending Lamelo Ball or Terry Rozier, or then you see him inside with Mason Plumley. Like that's an yeah. example from the Hornets. But you see him playing against players from all five positions and he does well because he's an undersized center but he always plays he's, he's obviously strong muscly he plays above his size but then he's because he's six nine he can also guard those he can also defend those guards so yeah i think he's another good option there i'm not i'm not discrediting any of your picks at all so far mate awesome awesome here well let's get to the big one now the big individual award and it's got to be the most valuable player of the National Basketball Association. Who have you got? It's got to be Luka Doncic. I think that... It's his time. He's gunning for it. He, I've never seen, other than Jar probably so far to start the year, Luka is going for it something severe. We know his usage is like out of this world. Like he runs that uh, Dallas offense, and we even mentioned it with Wood. That I think the reason why Wood is even benched in the first place is because there's not enough usage for him. So yeah. they're wasting him putting him in that starting lineup because they want to give Luka the ball the whole time. Yeah. And we Absolutely. know he can pass, he can score, he can rebound. His defensive stats are okay. His efficiency is pretty decent. And I think that the Mavs are going to make a, a decent jump this year. I think they'll certainly finish in the playoffs and they might even make a big run this year. You never know. So I think that Luke is a, a very good option. I think it's his time, honestly. I think it is, and that probably would have been my pick if he was still on the board. But I've gone with a safe pick, and I've gone with Giannis. I think that if he wants to establish himself as the player of this era, in the vein of LeBron, the LeBron era, the Kobe era, the Jordan era, if he wants to be this, uh, this player for this era... He needs to go out and stack some MVP awards. He obviously needs to get those championships as well at the end of it, but he's a talented player. He's got a very good supporting cast around him, and I think he's got it um, if he can pull it out. Well, if I honestly think, we haven't mentioned him here, but Nikola Jokic wins it back-to-back. Not many people ever win three MVPs in a row. And it's funny with the NBA, like, we mentioned it's narrative-driven, but it, it really is, like, you. the media does control those awards. After all, they do pick them. Yeah. Like, the media... I, I also think that's ridiculous. Yeah, so do I. I think that the more stock should be probably in the coaches' awards. Yeah. When they do the... Um, when they Yeah, when they have the coaches' MVP, that should be the award that is most coveted, but... Yeah, I agree. And don't get me wrong, like, the media's queued in. They yeah. obviously hear it from inside the NBA 
and they would hear comments from the fans. That and they never get it too wrong. They don't. But it would be a cleaner process if they weren't involved. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree. And and to your point, like, Giannis put up 30, 12, and 6 last year. Yeah. Um, so he's putting up huge numbers. He's got. He's all, always going to have the record because the Bucks are a great team. It's just whether anyone can trump Jokic. And I think that the reason why we haven't picked Jokic, we chatted about this before the pod, is that he's got people returning back from injuries. Yeah. So he's got Michael Porter Jr. back. He's got Jamal Murray back. Um, and do you think that cuts into into his usage? Do you think those players ultimately cut into some of the points that he scored? I think they do. I think they do, especially if, if Denver want to be a contending team and want to be up there in the West this year. They have to. They can't run all their offense through um, Joker this year. They ne- they need to be diverse and they need to do that in order to be a successful team. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. And it's not a knock on Jokic. Like, people always think to themselves... I, I, I mean, it's hard to tip an MVP to win it back-to-back years, let alone three years in a row. And um, Jokic will put up the stats, though. So he'll always be in the conversation. And honestly, I could see it being Luka, Giannis, Jokic, top three. All international players. How's the story behind that, eh? That would be absolutely incredible for the growth of the league. I know they've been really focused on their international growth. Um, as have a lot of the American sports lately. They've been really... Fo- like, NFL has been pushing it a lot. We've got the um, the Germany game coming up um, between the Bucks and the Seahawks. So it's been a big push for the American sports to try and diversify themselves. And the basketball has been leading the pack with that. Yeah, well, honestly, the best players... That's why everyone was watching that Euro League. Not Euro League. I'm not exactly sure what they call it, but it's basically like their Euro Championships where all the countries compete. Um, where they're watching win that. every year. <laughs> Real Madrid aren't in it. I mean, more or less. Oh, you mean the countries? countries. Sorry, um, sorry. I thought you meant yeah. No, that's cool. But um, Real Madrid do always. They're always up there. They do. Um, they do. And so we're talking like. Actually, Barcelona, I think, won it last year. They had Dante Exum on their team, which was a weird thing. Because I don't usually ever follow that stuff. But because Exum was there, I was like, oh, I wonder how he's going. But yeah. anyway, so watching that last year being the um, the competition between all the European countries, it was amazing to see how many talents there were. You know, you Luka, you Giannis, Jokic, all those players representing. And you're like, they're the best players in the NBA. Absolutely. And I think that's reflected by our MVP chat here, so... For sure, for sure. Well, let's get into now uh, the team-based awards of the year. And, of course, we're looking at... um, Actually, sorry, before we get into that uh, coach of the year, it is still an individual award. Um, Who have you got for coach of the year? I've got Willie Green. Um, And I think this is reliant on a healthy Zion Williamson. So, Willie Green is the coach of the um, New Orleans Pelicans. Yep. So I think that ultimately this will depend on the health of Zion to increase them as as a big force in the league and hopefully that for their sake that they'll improve and they'll become uh, a, really sol- a really solid team. I mean, they lost in the first round last year. Only 36 wins, though. I think they could push towards 50 wins. And coaches in their second year, they tend to get a bit of improvement. And I think they've got a good starting lineup. I think they've built their bench with young players like Trey Murphy um, and even the Aussie Dyson Daniels. So they've got the young pieces there. They've got Herb Jones as like a young player who basically is only out there to get steals and blocks. Dude, he yeah. doesn't shoot the ball. Yeah, He literally doesn't shoot the ball. So... Because they've got so many big pieces. So, they're a decent team. I like them. I like the second-year coaches, a young coach. Um, and I also like this the story that comes with a coach that's played in the NBA before. I don't know. I just always find that weird that an NBA player, he comes through as an He basically plays his whole career, particularly Green. He played his whole career until 2015. Became an assistant at the Warriors during their championship run from 2016 to 19. Was a head was an assistant at the Suns when they had their run in 2019 and 21. They sort of got better, and now he's at the Pelicans as the head coach. And maybe the Pelicans are a big team in two or three years. But back to the question, I'm backing him in for coach of the year. That's a good shout. Good shout. Um, I've got Jason Kidd for mine. I think that if Luca has the um, has the rise and gets to that MVP award, like we're projecting, I think that it requires the Mavericks to be a quality team and a contending team. And if they are that, 
then why not Jason Kidd as the uh, as the coach of the year? I think he's got all the credentials, especially um, having a few stops now. If he can turn the Mavericks into that championship contender that they very well could be and have the talent to be, um, I think he deserves to be uh, in that contention. Well, he was probably a good shout last year. Like He took the Mavericks to the Western Conference Finals, but these awards are, awards are always regular season driven. Exactly. Um, and I feel like they will get that better regular season record. And with um, Luca gunning for MVP, as we mentioned, they'll be a very, very solid team. And I think they'll be... They could even finish top four in the West. You never know. It's a stacked West, though, so it's going to be hard. But I think it needs that for him to win the award. I think they need to be top four. We'll, we'll get into that in a sec, but I want to know, who do you think would be around the mark for top four in the West? I think you can count the Warriors. Yep. You can count the Suns. You're not liking the Suns this year. No, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to think of the other ones. I think the Suns are good. Maybe, I don't maybe the say, Clippers. I don't want to say Clippers. Don't make me say Clippers. I don't, I don't, and then maybe the Mavericks, but you've also got the Nuggets that are around the mark. I think Nuggets could be up there, honestly, with the players coming back. Well, the the uh, actually the Portland Trailblazers, who many thought were sort of commencing a bit of a rebuild, a four and zero because Dame's just shooting lights yeah. out. But and even the the Spurs are three and one. I mean, ultimately this doesn't look anything like it does at the moment. Come the end of the year, but it's always an open open West, especially to start of the year where you're like, is this going to shape out? But don't forget that. Have you seen any highlights of Victor Webenyam or Webenyama? No. You need you need to look him up. So he's seven foot four. Um, he's projected to go number one overall next year. He's basically like Kevin Durant, but has an extra four inches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can wow. shoot lights out. Being seven foot four, he just rebounds the ball and just lays it back up. Yeah. But yeah, can also shoot. Like if I showed you videos right now, I won't because we'll uh, obviously have to watch that after the pod. But seriously, man, uh, you'll be you'll be like okay. So all the teams down the bottom, they just got a tank, and and they will. They they already talk that like it's going to be the biggest tank season in the history of the NBA. So come the end of the year, you never know what's going to happen. It could be chaos to try and get that first overall pick. Very interesting indeed. Uh, well, let's move on to those team awards now. Let's talk about let's talk about the West first then, because we've been discussing it. Who do you think finishes top in the West? I'm still going to go the Warriors. I think I'm a homer here, but. They're still a solid team, and it's hard to count them out, really. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think that's a good shout. Probably would have been my pick, but I'm going to go with the Suns. I think that they've still got a um, contending roster, and coming so close a couple of years back, I think they're still hungry to uh, get over the line there. So I think they are definitely a good shout for the West. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that it might even be between those two teams, um, as it sort of was a bit last year as well. I, I went to that. I went to a Suns v Warriors game last year, and it was a really, really, really good game to watch. And and they're two quality teams who will probably be fighting it out come the end of the year. So I think we've we've hit the nail on the head. But Absolutely. um, I'm always going to think that. So uh, hopefully our so. listeners agree as well. All right, for the Easts, I um I think the Bucks can do it. I think that with my especially with my pick of Giannis for MVP, I think that the Bucks are going to be another. Um, have another really big contending season. I think that they're going to be starting to make that push to uh, to stack some championships and um, add to Giannis's legacy. And I think that starts with winning the East. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, and you'll see why a bit later. But I've had to pick someone different here. And I was toing and throwing. I was thinking, are the Heat a good chance? Are the Celtics a good chance? We know they made it last year, but I think they're coaching situation is just shambles there I know they've started poorly but I could see a world where Joel Embiid and James Harden make it to the NBA finals no sounds crazy no it it does sound crazy because it is crazy because they choke every year exactly um, they need to get through three rounds of playoffs to do that you realize I do but I I, as I I would and win the bucks I would pick the bucks 99 times out of 100 but, yeah, okay. Um, That's a bit you, of a dark horse. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's move on to our champ now. Um, Ol, who do you think is holding the Larry at the end of the year? I think it's those Bucks. I, I do. I think that they're a quality team. 
and they're missing Chris Middleton at the moment, and they're already stacking wins. They already beat the 76ers, like I mentioned, um, and I think that they're a quality team with a quality coach, with Giannis, Chris Middleton for spacing, Drew Holiday as a defender, Brooke Lopez as an interior defender with good depth. I think that they're a fantastic organization, and they're a really, really solid team. And if they verse my Warriors, I'll be cheering my Warriors. Um, but I think that it's going to be tough to overcome a team that that's, is that strong. And how do you stop Giannis? Yeah, I think that's a really good shout. I, in fact, think you'll be uh, popping the champagne this year once again. I think, oh, that, I think the Warriors get one more for Steph Curry. Do you think that's one and, one and done? Like you don't think they win again after that? I mean... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, the sky's You never it. know. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what shakes out with Draymond Green. I think that that's going to be the big story throughout the season for the Warriors. And then if he does stay till the end of the season, obviously into the off-season, what, uh, what they do there. But if there's a championship involved, does the championship heal wounds? Does it make the egos uh, inflate even higher? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think the Warriors are a too strong a team and a very well-built uh, to contend year after year. Could you imagine if the Warriors win, Steph Curry gets his fifth NBA championship, second finals MVP? Are we starting to talk like magic has no. always been? I know, but I'm just saying. The thing is with Curry, no. it's, dude, it's a conversation. It's a conversation piece. When you've got five NBA championships, you're the best shooter of all time. Statistically, he's going to dominate everyone. He's already overtaken Ray Allen and Reggie Miller for threes. Like, I understand. It's, it's just, yeah. a, it becomes an influence thing. But, like, what do you, it's always, it's even the question we had with Mason about who was the UFC GOAT. It's it's the same sort of thing here. It's different flavors. Exactly. Different strokes. Exactly. Different like, don't forget, uh, Magic's has got the five titles and um, the three MVPs, three finals MVPs. It starts to look like the statistics are pretty close. Yeah. In terms of accolades. So I don't I don't know. I just think that ultimately it probably depends on what area you're from. And I how agree. conscious you are of the errors. So I agree. Um, well that's it for our NBA season preview. Make sure you get in touch with us to let us know all of your season predictions as well. At Road Trip Sports Pod is the best way to get in touch with us, or you can also email us Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com. But it's time to get into our mailbag now. And our first question comes from Rob from Warners Bay, who asks, is it the end of an era in the NFL? What do you think, mate? Because I've got an answer here, but I still feel like I'm holding on for dear life. What do you reckon? I think, as the music that's playing behind us, it is the end. I think that... Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are done. It's a big call. It is a big call. And it is a call that many people have made many times before. And many people have regretted many times before. But you just look at it and Tom Brady's a different human being, mate. You mean the the two the people that were saying it before. Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs. And even people said it last year. Oh, you won't win again. But this year, it's, it's almost this a different year, story. You know it's different this year. You know what I know is different? He, he's so frustrated this year. You know what I know is different? When Rodgers is throwing the ball and it's hitting his receiver's hands, you're watching the ball, it comes over the back shoulder, falls into their hands, and they spill it out. You know that t- You know that touchdown that's why I think it's that done. I, th- I think that it's done because Rodgers is just going to crack it at the end of the year and say, look, I'm finished. It all comes down to the GM. If he doesn't make a move, Rodgers... I don't know if Rodgers says he's finished. I reckon Rodgers might de- demand a trade. <laughs> if he's not... I think he's done. I think he's done, but we can't When's forget... When's his contract up? We've got three years. He's got this year and two additional years. Like, is he going to leave that money on the table? Like... Why would he extend? I know we chatted that it would put the salary down the line for Devontae. And he even said that he wouldn't have signed. He, he didn't say that he wouldn't have signed, but he said that it was ultimately he re-signed because he would, thought he was going to be back with Devontae. So I think that that was the consideration of extending the contract out to release the sal- salary pressure. Yeah, and then... Um so we look at that. Yeah, I think that's an interesting uh, conversation. But then you look at Tom Brady as well. Um, and everyone was sort of like, a bittersweet that he was retiring at the time he was because he was still on the top 
have we is it unfortunate did he stay one year too long did he fly close too close to the sun this year i think so i think i can certainly say that with brady um i think he's just not making those same plays he's still hitting receivers still making good throws but he's not making those game-changing plays he's not making those elite quarterback plays that he was anymore and maybe he's not the worst quarterback in the end it's, we're not saying that he's he's absolutely terrible he's trash but he's just hasn't got that it factor that he's had for 22 years i'm not saying that brady's better than rogers generally or even this year or rogers is worse than rogers better than brady or vice versa but i think that you've ultimately got to look at the bucks receivers and they've still got mike evans and they've still got chris godwin and they've still got targets such as Lenny Fournette. Like the offense is still pretty decent. Like I mean, you're talking I mean, about Scott two Lowe's running. Coming off an ACL, he does not look. The oh, same. I understand that. Mike You've Evans looked the, injured on the weekend. I like, know. I know. But they're you're having make, serious issues. But you're, dude. you're making you're making excuses about the talent that they've got, and we're talking about Rogers here, who's got absolutely nothing. Well, it's, it's the same it's a, excuse, really. Exactly, but it's to a different degree that we're talking about Rogers not having any talent. And then we're talking about Brady, whose talent just isn't there, and the connection hasn't been established because there's been interrupted pre-seasons, there's been injuries throughout the year. And I think that come December, come January, this those two teams are still going to be... I wouldn't want to face them. If, even if they're like a, it's a wild card game, I'm, I'm not wanting to face the so Bucks do, or Packers. Do you think both teams still make the playoffs? I do. I do, yeah. I really? Do. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the Bucks. Well, the question is, what's the NFL playoff picture now? Well, I'll get this up, and we'll have a bit of a chat about this because I think that I think that you can't guarantee that both of them will be there. I think it it might be one or the other. I think it'd be bold to say both won't make it, but I think one of them don't make it. Well, let's have a look at at who you could take out of the NFC. Well, so I don't think the Eagles are going to win at all. I think the Eagles are going to make it. Well, you'd start 6-0, you're going to be in the playoffs. Hey, do you think the Vikings make it? I think that they're, I think the fact so. that they're 5-1, and one, they almost have to now. They're very they're very talented too. I don't they think, win football games. I don't, think I, the, I don't think the Seahawks make it. I think the Rams take that or, division. Or the Niners. The Rams have been struggling though, dude. I know, but as I said, I Seahawks think that it, got it will take really shape. have got a really decent offense. They've got a decent offensive line, which a lot of other teams that we're talking about don't. But that's the difference. That could be the difference. The Bucks are still in the playoff picture. They're three and four, and they're first in the NFC South, which is looking like the NFC South of old. It's looking like the one of the worst divisions in football. And this is why I think the Bucks make it. So I think it's more or less a question as to whether the Packers make it. And I think that the Rams take that division, and I think the Seahawks fall out, and the Packers make it. That's my that's my call. I think that's the thing. That's the difference that we see. But. If I don't want to be a homie, have you seen the Packers' schedule? They play the Bills this week, so we can cue them in at three and five. I know it's Aaron Rodgers. They've got the Lions, but then they've got the Cowboys. You've also got the Eagles coming up on the schedule. The Titans are no mean feat with Derrick Henry. They've got also got the Rams. They've got your Dolphins, and they've got the Vikings again. So that schedule could be enough to knock them even before it starts. They've done well for all these years to have a first-place schedule and... Do the way, like do the things that they've done and keep the records they have. I think that's finally caught up with them. I think that first place schedule, it's a tough schedule because they've been so successful for so long. You might see that they trade for a wide receiver, but I've seen... Sign OBJ? Yeah, I don't think so. I think OBJ will go back to the Rams, in my opinion. I think that they're still working that out. I know that he was pretty shattered with the first offer. But I think that they'll ultimately work there's out. A bit of, there's Even a bit of Ravens, chatter about um, him going to the Chiefs as well. Chiefs, Ravens, with I Kelsey's think it'll be, deal. could be Chiefs, could be Ravens, could be Rams. It won't be Packers. Um, yeah. I know they've got more offer, more money to offer him this time around, and he, that was his first choice. But the Rams just had more money to offer, and then it all worked out for him. And he's already, you know, he'd, he'd be the type of bloke that would want to live in LA. So. Yeah. And you saw like you see like, oh, the Packers want to trade for Jerry Judy, the Packers want to trade for so and so. And you're like, I don't think that's gonna happen and, and it never does. So yeah. it's dire. It's getting dire. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Um our next question comes from Mason from Newcastle who asks, uh, discuss the UFC two eighty results. So, did you catch it on the weekend? I did. Um it was on really early, like four or five AM the main card started, so I had to watch it back. Our predictions weren't too far off. Um, but I'll talk about the main 
talk about the main three fights. Yep. Start off with Sean O'Malley v. Petian. Yep. Or Petian. So, Sean O'Malley wins this one. By decision, I say. By decision. A very, very, very controversial decision. You watch back that fight as a casual UFC fan, a yep. casual mixed martial arts fan, and Piotian wins every time. Yep. There's a lot of question. It's a question as to damage, control on the ground, and I'm not a judge, so I'm not going to sit here and say that this decision was, was wrong because I know that they take a lot of things into account. Um, you know, Sean had... 84 significant strikes. Yarn only had 58. But obviously, Yarn with the six takedowns, his control on the ground, what do they weigh up? Yeah, exactly. I think that ultimately, people might look back at this fight in, in five years and go, yeah, look, I think the UFC just wanted this guy to win. And I, I, I do agree to some degree. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think that he's a big name and they're trying to develop him into something that, of course, people are going to think it's a bit of a conspiracy what was the other fights we saw h and then i'll give you a quick thought on both of them so we had uh aljo versus uh tj dillashaw we and sure did aljo won the decision i'm oh, sorry uh won the fight by knockout uh in the second round well you can't really question these last two yeah um <laughs> sterling just kept picking away at him like 148 total strikes, 72, compared to 13. Like, Ooh. Dillashaw looked a bit out of his depth, and ultimately, um, night-night. Yeah. Um, and then we had uh, Oliviera um, uh, Islam went down uh, to Islam Makachev um, by submission in the second round. Um, thoughts on this fight? Yeah, surprise. I thought that Oliveira would have ta- taken it, and... Magachev was the was the favourite, and I sort of scoffed at it a bit. But ultimately, I thought Islam won this fight. I think he was winning this fight, and I think that he just got the number on Oliveira. And here we go, rub the hands together, UFC two eight three in. Oh, it's probably sorry UFC two eight four, um, in Perth. We're gonna see. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Islam Makachev for the lightweight championship. That's a fight. Is Volkan to become the double champ on his home territory? That's almost McGregor-like. That is almost McGregor-like, and I think that's the reason for us to uh, to go get our tickets. Uh, what do you reckon? I think we might have to head over there. I, I got you. I almost got mixed up with USC two eight three because it was just announced that. Um, Robert Whitaker would be facing Polo Costa over there, which I'm also keen to see as well. But um, there's a bit of a recap for you, Mace. I know that we had to get it in after our chat about it last week. So Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, well, the next question comes from Sam from Newcastle, who asks the best NFL theme song. Well, let's play him. Give me yours first. All righty. Superchargers, of course. It's a tune. It's certainly a tune. Absolute tune. I mean, I probably thought, uh, everyone probably thought that I'd be going the Dolphins theme song here, but it's hard to beat that. It's just a real 70s vibe to that song. It's 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 literally just a tune. You'd almost listen to the song in the club. On its own. <laughs> in the club. Imagine playing that in the club. San Diego. Um, yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, what's your pick? Let's, I've let's got to go with Bang the Drum All Day. Is a theme song. I think you're just does. appropriating a song. I've heard the Bengals play that song. Have they? I heard it the other day. Those bastards. Yeah, I know. That is. I the, know. That is the Green Bay Packers anthem and has been for a long time <laughs> since we scored touchdowns. Well, apparently, it's not now. Apparently, yeah, it's the Bengals too. Maybe it's been stolen because we don't score them anymore. But um, <laughs> wow. Well, not many of them at this least. This is the first time I'm seeing pessimistic Packers fan. Yeah, you never know. It's 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 there. I think that both songs are uh, very worthy. Um, very worthy options there. Our last question comes from Peter from Wild, who asks, "What are your favourite type of sneakers?" Oh, Jordan ones for sure. Um, definitely any Jordans. Um, I particularly love Jordan ones because you've got the Jordan one lows, you've got Jordan one mids, and you've got Jordan one highs. And the ability for Jordan and and Nike to change up their styles to have re-releases it's the most iconic shoe in my opinion a specific design for that one oh uh, i mean i love if you want to if you want to get real hype beast <laughs> i love the jordan one retro high diors and they go for about thirteen thousand dollars harrison Ooh. so if you want to buy me a set of those for christmas i will not <laughs> <laughs> um i i do also like the uh edge on the jordan ones um I do also like the Air Force Ones as well. I think that that would probably be my pick. Um, I've got a custom pair of Air Force Ones coming in uh, in Sydney Uni Lions colours shortly, which I'm very excited to receive. Uh, but yeah, they're pretty good as well. I think I read a fact the other day that they're the most popular shoe on the planet, the Air Force One. I'm that not sure... That tracks. I'm not sure as to what day, whether it be like over the last five years, last year, ten years... Yeah. whatever it may be but I think I read a stat recently that that was the case and it wouldn't surprise me so absolutely not alright well we move on now to the last part of our show which is the lock of the week um, last week we had a lock off we didn't have a lock off for Barcelona Real Madrid but we did have a lock off for Lakers Warriors and of course the Lakers stayed very much defeated against the Warriors the Warriors beat the Lakers and you've taken the lock score to 7-6 to six. play cold as ice because <laughs> that's the way to describe the Lakers at the moment. Uh, We've already got into them once, so I won't get into that too much. It was sort of a weird game in itself that the Lakers held on. And they always... The past they three hung games, around a bit, didn't they? They've hung around in the three games that they've played. And they've even led at times in the three games that they've played. But can't get the job done. And I'm happy I've got a lock score here. Because we're getting towards the pointy end and I could use them. You know? Absolutely could. Um, well, let's get into our locks for this week. I am going to back my boys in um, after Tua came back, after we won um, on prime time against the Steelers. Did you watch that game? And specifically, did you watch the video package at the start? I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch the video package. And I've seen about five minutes of football this week. <laughs> if that gives you any indication as to me, it's not mid-season form. It's a mid-season slump right now for me. Well, the um, before the game, they had a video package that was narrated by the late Don Shula, um, and it was all about perfection and the perfect team because they celebrated the perfect team uh, at the stadium that night. It made me cry. It was absolutely beautiful, touching uh, tribute. They had uh, four members of the um, of the seventy two Dolphins come out and be honorary captains for the game. They um, they actually had concession prices um, that were the same as the 1972 concession prices. So like um, fountain drinks for 75 te- cents and stuff like that. Like it was dirt cheap, and I think that was an awesome promotion that they've done there. Oh, I tend to agree. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. I like um, the best throwbacks in the NFL. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You'd, you'd be testing me off the top of my head here, but. I'm going to back um, him in. They sure are. How's all the tour memes that he could have had like an extra five picks? But um, I love the tour memes where he should have 
bloody slot <laughs> slider probably or protected himself. <laughs> that man's got a death wish. He sure does. Um, anyway, uh, back on task. I've got the fins to beat the Lions this week. Uh, no kneecaps will be bitten off this week. I've got one here that I hate. I hate the fact that I've tipped this, but I'm going to do it because Yuck. I feel like the value is there. It's above our requisite dollar fifty mark. How? I don't know, and that's why I've backed it. Dodgy third <laughs> third party sports betting sites. It's a dollar fifty seven on sports bet. Get on it if you will, but it's Manchester City to beat Borussia Dortmund in match day five of six of Group G tomorrow morning, that being Wednesday morning at six AM. So I'll know pretty early. Harland could play with two hands tied behind his back and still beat them. Redemption game. Redemption game. Nah, but uh, I who knows? He This right game, on. this game, you think will go the way of Man City, but I've been wrong on these soccer scores so many times this year, I feel like. And I'm hoping you're wrong once again. Uh, well, that's it for our podcast today. Thank you so, so much for listening. We hope you... Um, appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed it. And we really want to thank everyone for their continued um, support of the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to produce this episode, uh, these episodic weekly podcasts for you. Next week, we'll be coming with, you with episode 40. And we're going to have some exciting surprises in store for you to celebrate 40 episodes of the Road Trip Sports Podcast. So make sure you tune in for that episode. But in the meantime, make sure you follow us on all the socials at Road Trip Sports Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find us on YouTube. Road Trip Sports Podcast is what you need to search. Uh, any inquiries you've got, if you'd like to get on the podcast, if you'd like to share your stories or tell us how much the Lakers suck, uh, you can do that. Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we really appreciate your support once again, and we hope that your team wins and we hope that your team is successful unless they're playing the Packers or the Dolphins. And we will see you next time. Go Lions. <laughs>